0: It's Friday the 14th of December 2018. My name's Jeremy Medlin and welcome to episode 20 of the Stock Market Movers podcast. Before we kick off, a quick reminder that nothing that I say today should be considered financial advice. If you're looking for financial advice, I recommend that you speak to an authorised financial advisor. Well, I hope everyone's getting ready for a, a fantastic Christmas and New Year break. The weather's certainly starting to heat up. This is the, the time of the year that while the weather heats up, the, the stock market quietens down and it wasn't a big week of new on the NZX but we are going to find time to talk about the Trade Me takeover and and the updates that have happened there. We'll talk about restaurant brands bringing Taco Bell to New Zealand and and an update on their quarterly figures as well and I guess because it's a bit of a a quiet week I I find uh, some time to go on a bit of a, a spiel about big US tech companies and and what they're up to as well. So a bit of different material today than what we're usually accustomed to, which will be interesting for some, but maybe not for others. But we won't waste any time We'll, we'll get straight into the podcast. Get ready for it, guys! Taco Bell was on its way to New Zealand. Restaurant brands trades on the NZX and the ASX under the ticker code RBD. They've announced that they have reached an agreement to bring the Taco Bell Taco Bell brand, sorry, to both New Zealand and New South Wales. So they're estimating that there'll be between about sixty Taco Bell restaurants in New Zealand and Australia, and it's going to be implemented between first of January two thousand and nineteen and thirtieth of June two thousand and twenty-four and you know it, it'll be <laughs> I, I don't really have a, a view on this obviously it's restaurant brands trying to grow I, I tried taco bell once when i was in brazil i saw it there and i thought well i've never had this before i i, I better try it um you've seen other brands like mexicali and and things like that do relatively well in new zealand so i, I think yeah, i guess taco bell more on the fast food side of, side of things and it's obviously inside restaurant brands wheelhouse owning pizza and kfc and and, and all the rest so i guess it's a I, I, I sort of thought that this would inevitably happen and I thought restaurant brands would be the ones to do it so it's it's not really surprising. Interestingly, they've said that it, it, there's no condition or it doesn't affect the Finaccess partial takeover offer so there's, there's nothing to worry about there from a shareholder perspective. So yeah, we'll, we'll be having Taco Bells next year. Staying on the topic of restaurant brands, they released their third quarter sales figures during the week and it, it's not quite the growth story that investors might be used to. So they had sales of 181.5 million, which is an increase of 4.7% year over year. Year-to-date sales are $612.5 million. that's up 9.5%, so a bit of slowing of growth in the third quarter there. And basically you, you read through all the different stores and everything like that. They're up in some areas and, and down in others. Um, Maybe the Hawaiian operations are growing a bit faster than, say, the New Zealand KFC operations, for example, which you'd imagine are are quite well established um, but that's for me that's not really the big news for the stock obviously what's impacting the stock more is this strange local partial takeover of seventy five percent of the equity by Finaccess group at nine forty five per share I think I saw that the independent um, valuation report came in at eight fifteen to eight ninety two per share um, so it seems anyway that the board of restaurant brands is going to be pushing for that. It's it's an interesting one. I don't really know what will happen there because it seems weird that they only want 75% of the equity, but there's probably some sort of reasons beside behind that, and either I've missed it or it will come out in time. Trade Me, the story that keeps on giving, they trade on the NZX under the ticker code TME and under the ASX under the same ticker code. So it announced during the week that they've advised their Apex partners has entered into an scheme implementation agreement. So what that essentially means is that the board of TradeMe is going to recommend that the shareholders accept the takeover offer at six forty five per share. Um so it's not one where Apex has gone directly to the shareholders, it's one where they've worked alongside the the Board of Trade Me after a due, due diligence period and the Board has recommended that shareholders take the proposal. And 6.45 per share, it's interesting that they've increased their bid from that other company that, that came in with an offer at 6.45, five. so they've gone in and matched their bid. And I was sort of expecting the due diligence period to go through because like I said in, in the past, Trade Me is a, is a company that's quite easy to understand. So it's obviously, there's a few things that need to go ahead. So it needs to go through court and get approval. It will need to be approved by the TradeMe shareholders and it will also require approval from the Overseas Investments Office. Um, so I can't imagine any issues there, although I could easily be wrong about that. The Overseas Investment Office might might decide, for example, that Trade Me owns a crap load of New Zealanders data and if you think about it they absolutely do. I mean how many I, I can think of all the transactions that I've done through TradeMe over the years as an example or maybe you've you're you've looking for a job and you've uploaded your CV to Trade Me or you've sold your car or you've sold your house or whatever it might be. So Trade Me owns tons and tons and tons of New Zealanders data and that would be the only thing that I can imagine off the top of my head that would stand in the way of this sort of thing going through. I mean obviously the shareholders may completely completely change their mind but considering that it's a reasonably high price for the stock, uh, 27% premium to the one-month volume weighted average on, on to the 20th of November. I'd be surprised if that happened, but I, I could be wrong there. And it'd be really interesting to see how this one plays out. I think, like I've said in the past, it is somewhat disappointing to see such a a, a great New Zealand company come off the the stock market. But you know, that that's the way these sorts of things work. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, trade me if if the agreement doesn't go through it looks like trade me would have to pay Apex funds a a, a break fee and I assume there's something something else in the in the opposite direction as well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the stock does and how this plays out over the next couple of weeks. I came across an article during the week. It's a bit clickbaity. The headline was "Google CEO explains why Donald Trump comes up in search for idiot." And for some reason, I always end up on these sorts of articles. But it, sometimes you find some interesting stuff in them. And basically, the the Google CEO was getting questioned in a some sort of committee, and and he was basically asked to explain how that would happen. and and I'm paraphrasing a lot there, and he gave a, a big, long-winded answer that was quite detailed and quite interesting in itself, but one of the things, one of the paragraphs for me was particularly interesting, and I'll read it out now. It was, last year we served over 3 trillion searches. Just as a fact, every single day, 15% of the searches Google sees, we have never seen them before. And those numbers, to me, were just staggering, and it, it sort of, I guess... When you think about data and big data, it highlights what I said before about TradeMe and the amount of data they must have. But if, if you think how much data TradeMe has, imagine how much data Google has. It's, it's quite phenomenal. What blew me away was that every single day, 15% of their searches, they've, they've never even seen them, seen them before. And they're obviously pretty obscure stuff. It's not flights to the Gold Coast from Auckland. Type searches um, that they must get all the time, but they, they they must be pretty random ones if they've never been searched before on Google. But fifteen percent is a, is a lot, and if you compound fifteen percent out over five days, you've doubled the amount of available of of searches that have been created. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what trends are seen in that data if that if that's an acceleration of new searches or or whatever it might be. And it it the 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 amount of data that's out there now is. Is quite staggering. I saw a um a a TED talk on data recently as well, and, and the chap was saying that we're in the first inning of the big data revolution and the impacts that it's going to have on society. And you know, he's obviously using a, a a baseball term, but what he's essentially saying is that we've got a long way to go in terms of the impact that data will have. That we're just starting to utilize it now. I I heard some another stat as well that there's been more data created in the last couple of years than in the, in the last 100,000 years combined. And, you know, I'm, I'm reeling off stats here, but another good one is when they were testing the the Boeing engines, you know, only 15 years ago, apparently they'd have two or three pieces of data points on to collect information. And, you know, now they have over 15,000 data points collecting information when they're testing them. And that just shows, I think, when you, when you think about it like that, it just shows how much efficiencies that will be driven by this data collection and time you know obviously with with everything good there's things bad and and you get you know you get into things like privacy and 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 other issues and you know social media addiction and and all sorts of stuff and you know certainly and, and manipulation as well I think when you've got so much data crawling around and and you know smart people optimizing it and making use of it then you know, it, it can, in my view, anyway, it can sort of manipulate behaviours, and you have seen, you know, the, the potential results of this, in, in certain situations as well with hacking cases and everything like that. But also got me thinking that uh, about these big tech companies, and for me, I think if if I were to think about their businesses, I think. Google has to be the best and and or not or Alphabet, whatever they call themselves these days, have to be has to be the best. The the reason is they've got virtually no competition in, in, in what they do in terms of search. And they're incredibly a profitable company. They they make an awful lot of money and I heard Warren Buffett talking about Google and and he said when it when it costs you $10, to, you, when someone pays you $10 to click on something with a click of the mouse and it doesn't cost you anything, you know you've got a good business. And Google has got a fantastic business and the amount of data they must have is phenomenal. So you think about their, that's just their search business. You think about their other businesses as well, like YouTube, for example. I, mean, I, I use YouTube every single day. And Android, for example. I mean, Android's the essentially go-to you know, phone software in, in, in the world aside from Apple. It's a phenomenal company in terms of the the cash they generate, and it, they've, they've virtually come from nowhere as well. I mean, they um, I can't remember what year they were founded, but they probably didn't exist in 1995. And compared to the other tech companies, you know, those other big ones you think of, you've got Facebook, Amazon, Google, Apple, and Microsoft. And I, th- I think Google, in, in my view, is, is the best. And doesn't mean it's a, a necessarily a good buy there I've I've tried to do research into it in the past but it's just one of those ones for me that the number's just too, <laughs> too goddamn big um but you know they're, they're obviously a fantastic company and you think of Apple they're obviously a, a, a wonderful company as well they've been around a, a bit longer than Google but e- even then they they have you know, had had a second coming since this when Steve Jobs came back to the company. So, in, in in that sense, they almost are young. And you know, as Tim Cook, the CEO, says about Apple, is that our all our products can fit onto a kitchen table. And you know, they've obviously got billions of dollars in the bank, and 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 they're actually reasonably priced compared to how much cash they generate. But yeah, I sort of think about Apple's. You know, you just have to look at. Apple's history and, and, and hardware and everything. I know they're moving into services and things like that. But when you when you think about their hardware side of the business, you know they've been derailed by mistakes from that in the past. And you can think of lots of companies that have had good hardware that have that have got it wrong. Eventually, or consumer tastes have changed. I mean, you, you could argue that a- Apple's got a pretty good moat around it now. But nothing's for future. Nothing nothing no, no, nothing's for certain. And. Then you think about amazon and and amazon again you know amazon was formed in 1997 it's it's pretty much come from nowhere to be one of the largest companies in in the world and that's what i always say about the tech the tech bubble in 1999 that the market wasn't necessarily wrong with the valuations that it gave to the internet but it was wrong on on the companies obviously and the internet has has come from nowhere to be one of the most important things in our lives. I mean everyone listening now is listening because you've you've tuned in through the internet. And I, I can't think of too many jobs that aren't dependent on on the internet in, in some way. And that's what the market was predicting in nineteen ninety nine. With the tech bubble it, it just got way ahead of itself. And, you know, most of those companies have, have since disappeared, but you think about the big companies in the world now, the Amazon, the Google, the Facebook, they've essentially emerged from the 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 tech bubble and amazon's taken a, a a different approach to google and facebook in terms of the way they've grown so amazon is basically they've they've decided that their way they're operating and what's in their dna is to is to focus on the the long term and expense of short term profits and basically funnel everything into long term growth and there's different ways you can go about things, but it's obviously been incredibly successful from Amazon. And, and out of nowhere, they've essentially led a change in in basically the the way things are done. And, you know, you could argue that someone else would have done it if Amazon didn't, and and that's probably right, but you still can't doubt the execution because thousands of people were trying it at the time. And they've essentially become a leader in online retail, but they've also snuck in and, and become a, a leader in their AWS products as well and you know so that then you sort of see with all these companies that that they're trending towards that data area and and a w s is certainly a a data player and and that's sort of the engine room of amazon these days that's what generates the profits for the for the company to 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 really grow It is interesting as well that I think they are the the storm clouds on the horizon from the Google perspective is the is the voice search, and all these big companies are, are working on voice search and Amazon has really grabbed the lead there with Amazon Alexa in terms of the search. So if if you can just say to something, Alexa, order me a pizza or Alexa, book this in or or anything like that, you could argue, you know, that's when you have less use for Google search. So there is some storm clouds on the horizon and potentially a, a mega scale battle heating up. And but you know we we don't know how that's going to play out at the moment, and, and it could be that the, both of those businesses exist in tandem, obviously with whatever search product, voice search Google comes up with as well, and then, you look at Facebook, Facebook I would say probably is in the weakest position, in in, in my view out of, out of these big companies, um obviously just due to the credibility of of their brand, and I suppose the the fickleness of the people that use social media as well you know the, these trends, as you 've seen with other social media is in the past can change pretty quickly and what gives what gives Facebook its real strength is its essentially its financial strength and the ability to to, to change and and, and and deal with change um, what's what 's going to be limiting facebook I think is that I think they 'll find it harder to make big acquisitions like they have in the past um, i think say say for example, Facebook was out there inquiring LinkedIn off Microsoft or they were out there acquiring Twitter or or Snapchat or or whatever it might be, I think they might find those sorts of acquisitions difficult going forward, you know, in the same way that they acquired Instagram and WhatsApp and developed Messenger and everything like that. The reason I say is I think the regulators are starting to wisen up about the issues of having everything in one place in this space. And my guess is if they were to go out, because they'd have the financial strength to do it, if they were to go out and, and make a hostile takeover for Twitter as an example I think that the regulators might look at that as an area that they want to step in on so you know Facebook I'm I'm less convinced on but you know there's they're obviously a wonderful company and I use their products every day and it's, it's and, and they're not even monetizing all their products here I, I don't believe they make you know, Instagram and the Facebook app are the are the two real powerhouses. I don't believe they make really anything from the Messenger or the WhatsApp here and you know, billions of people use those. So it'd be really interesting to see how they monetize that. And then you think about and, and, and Facebook, you know, I remember when at university in, in two thousand eight or it whenever it was it 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 had only just come out. So this is a company that that's come from nowhere in in a very short period of time as well. It can it can show how, how quickly things could can happen these days. You know, in the past, you'd battle for hundreds of years to to get to where these companies are. But it's you know things are certainly happening a, a lot faster. And then you think Microsoft as well. Microsoft, I would say, you know, the, the, there was news of them being the largest company in the world by market capitalization the other day. But Microsoft, I would say, out of these companies, for me, is the most difficult to understand. I, I don't think they're necessarily the same. Microsoft that they were when windows ninety five was released there 's a lot more to it these days, and they are obviously moving you know they 've still got their operating systems and everything like that, but like the other companies they are moving towards that big that big data and that and that the servers and and, and that sort of space but for me it 's a company out of, out of those other companies which are more consumer-facing and, and easier for me to get my head around. Microsoft's probably not, but, you know, from everything I know about the company and their products and everything like that, it, they're obviously a, a, a wonderful company as well. The, the question for me when investing in these sorts of stocks is you are you are buying fantastic companies. Um, you are buying companies that are probably the most followed companies in the world. So in terms of finding a, a, a real mispricing on it, you know it might be difficult although you could argue you've had an opportunity with facebook recently although i'm not I'm not quite certain of that so in terms of finding your market inefficiencies you know you you're probably going to going to struggle um a lot of the the shareholders are dominated by etfs so you've got that side of things as as well but it, it comes back to the law of large numbers right so when when <laughs> when Amazon was a $4 billion company, whenever that was 20 years ago, it's, it's much easier for Amazon to grow to be a $40 billion company. And, you know, likewise, when it was a $40 billion company, it's, it's much easier for it to grow to be a, a $400 billion company. Now that it's, it's virtually a, a trillion dollar company, is can they grow to be a, a $10 trillion company? You know, maybe they can. Nothing's impossible in the markets. You know, you see crazy things quite regularly. But it 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 is you'd you'd have to say it's it's unlikely at least in in the short term so then you start thinking okay if you're investing in it then you've got to be looking at it from a different lens I think you can't be looking at these stocks to deliver you the same returns that they've delivered in the past and, you know like I said I could be completely wrong about that and you probably still do you'll probably still do all, all, all right for them but I imagine, you know, you you buy these sorts of stocks now. I, I can't see how you can get the same returns as you have in the past, but they all are in their own rights, wonderful companies. Many thanks again for listening to into the podcast. As a reminder that nothing that I said today should be considered as financial advice. If you're looking to find out more about the podcast, go to www.stockmarketmovers.co.nz or find us and give us a like on Facebook. Make sure also to share with your friends. If you want to email me, it is jeremy at stockmarketmovers.co.nz Once again, my name is Jeremy Medlin and this has been episode 20 of the Stock Market Movers podcast for Friday the 14th of December 2018 and we'll see you all next week.